guilty for not being up here for a while, and I, I, I give my apologies, and I, I come in a spirit of humility, because, you know, God says that he um, resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, so um, I've, I'm trying to take a humble place here as we, we get going. Now, get this. Okay, this is what we're going to do today. <laughs> this, is, this could really, this could, this could go south fast, but um, I'm going to show you a controversial video, okay, that will hopefully get you a little bit riled up. Okay, that's how we're going to start. Okay, then we're going to talk about the various conflicts and things that are going on. I mean, if I'm not going to preach for three or four months, when I come back, I, I need to speak into what's going on out there. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed that there's, there's a little bit of a polarization that's going on. So we're going to try to get God's perspective on that. That's number two. Number three, I will be firing some scriptures at you. Okay, so you can try to look them up, but it's not going to work because they're going to be coming at you hard, coming at you hot. So be ready for that. And it's going to hopefully give insight on, on what we're to do as a people. And at the end, and this is the good part of the whole service, okay, is that we're going to just break down some demonic strongholds and release a powerful blessing of the Lord over the, over the church. Okay? Does that sound cool? Okay, and because we're running a little late on time, perhaps the best news, I'll try to do this in about 29 minutes or less. Okay? Which could be, yeah, come on. I don't know about what you're saying, but I like how long you're talking. So, so that's good. Now... Um, as an act of faith, we're going to start this um, service with a video, okay? So let, let us play the controversial video. Go. And you feel free to sing along. Oh, my goodness. What it is ain't exactly clear. They're telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop, children. What's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. being wrong Nobody's right If everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance From behind Time we stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down job. Nice job. We're going to go on tour uh, with the group. So just to make sure everybody's awake, and I, you're now awake between all the things that are happening. Okay, um, who sang that song? Buffalo Springfield is correct. Okay, uh, what's the name of the song? Stop? No. What's going down now? Okay, I guess the musicologists aren't here today, so it's called For What It's Worth. Okay, what year did it come out? 67 is correct. And this is the bonus question. If I had hot sauce, you'd get the hot sauce if you can answer this. Who wrote that song? 
Stephen Stills is correct. Woo! Greg. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, we got some awake people. We got some rock and rollers. We got some people from the 60s and early 70s here. Wow, that is, that is very good. And John, I know, you know, I've raised about 25 issues that we really probably shouldn't be talking about. I should have run this video by you and told you what I was talking about. But hey, you know, as Maggie says, it's better to ask forgiveness than permission sometimes, right? Okay, so, well, anyway, I'm, so I'm asking permission because I'm going I'm, I'm to try to offend you. In fact, if I don't offend you today, it's because you're not paying attention, okay? So we're, we're going to do that. So, but isn't that, uh, don't, you, uh, don't you love that song? Isn't that, isn't that cool? And it, it's funny, it's 40 years later, okay, but there's still, there's a prophetic um, thing, you know, going on there, you know? Because back in the 60s, in the 70s, <laughs> but, but there was a sound. There was a sound back then. You guys remember, right? It was like change. Things were happening. People were reevaluating. The Beatles came in, uh, you know, to the country. There was the Vietnam War. Things were just being absolutely re- reevaluated, you know. And in the words of uh, what Bob Dylan, the Times, they were, yeah, they're changing. Thank you, thank you. So, so here we are. Okay, it's 40 years later, right? And and wait, 67 and and 40 is. You know what? This is why I get in trouble with the IRS, okay? <laughs> I swear I owe you 40. 50, that's even better because 50 is like a big thing. 50 is a milestone. So here we are, 50 years, 10 years later than what I just said. And <laughs> but it's, you know, it's true. And, it, and I, I really think it's a prophetic word because here we are, you know, we're seeing all kinds of polarization and conflict and, and all the other stuff you saw in the movie. You know, it's all about, okay, there's division, there's cultural divides, and, and there's crazy things happening. And other in this building, everybody's kind of mad at each other. But um, so this is going on, and I think that we, we just have to ask ourselves, you know, just like Stephen Sills says, he said, you know, hey, what, what's the sound out there? What's going down? And I thought it might make sense here as I return here to the stage um, to, to see what, what does God say about this? What's God's perspective, you know, on this, where he's coming from? Amen? Does that sound good? Okay, but, you know, I think to do that, um, we have to kind of climb a little bit out of the mire, and we need to go up into a different place. And um, one of my favorite scriptures, okay, and it's a scripture I use a lot because I, I use it as spiritual technology. It's Ephesians 3, 6, and it says this. It says that we were raised with Christ, okay, and we are seated with Christ in heavenly realms, okay? So not only is that a scripture, okay, and a revelation, that there's this place that we're seated, but it's actually, it's a picture. It's a visual picture. You know, Jesus said this. He said that my words are spirit, my words are life. So we can actually step into that place where we're seated. And I know for me personally, what it is, is I've got this picture of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm like above like the earth. You know, I'm on some little, you know, thing with Jesus, like a beam or something. Or, and, and we're just kind of talking and conversing. And it's at that place where you get the counsel of God. You get the mind of Christ. You maybe start to see things differently. And sometimes I get the answers I'm looking for. Other times, though, just being in God's presence, you know, dials down a lot of the noise and predispositions we have. So the first thing that we do, if we want to, you know, speak into the culture and answer the question of what's going down, is, is that we need to rise above this thing. Number two, um, we're, we're called to be aliens and strangers in this world, correct? And it says in Philippians, it says, um, or yeah, Philippians 3.20, it says this, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, number two, above all things, some of us might be Democrats, some of us might be Republicans, somewhere people are in between, but our primary citizenship is in heaven, okay, amen? 
Amen? That, that our, the prima facie is we're citizens of heaven. Uh, if this were Star Trek, the prime directive is you're citizens of heaven, not Starfleet, but you're citizens of heaven first. Now, so you have an identity. You have a perspective. You have an identity, you know, in Jesus. And thirdly, thirdly, okay, God gave us a mission, okay? We're not like, well, doom, 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 doom. We're looking around and we're seeing this and we can answer this question. No, because he says in 1 Peter 2, 9, he says, but you, that's everybody here who believes, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into this wonder, wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. So, perspective, identity, you've got a mission. You're a royal priesthood. What do priests do? What do priests do? You know what? Um, in Israel, the priest had this ephod, and it had 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel, and they were right over the heart, right over the heart of the priest, okay? You guys are priests, okay? You represent your families. You re- represent God to man. You make intercession for others, okay? Some people might not know God, but they can see that God's in your life. So, so you have an identity as a priest, okay? And this is, you know, this is where we're coming from. Now, so trying to get to this place where we can answer this question, not from our perspective, which is a little bit jaded that might slide a little right or left. Um, you know, we have to move into another place. And I got this, <laughs> this wild revelation. Okay, and I think this is really cool, but I, I'm hoping I can articulate it. And don't ask me where, where I got this, but it has to do with satellites. So let me take you in your mind's eye back up into the heavenly realms. So can you guys go there with me? Just say yes. Okay, we're in the heavenly realms. Okay, good. So listen to this. The attitude of a satellite is its position in space, its orientation. Attitude of the satellite determines what a satellite looks at, which way its cameras are facing, and what the satellite can see. Isn't that wild? Okay? Up here in the heavens is this satellite, and it's only effective or useful, okay, if its attitude is looking at the right things, if it's pointed the right way. It may be pointed to the moon, over to Mars, okay, down to uh, Australia, but the only way it's useful and effective in accomplishing its mission, okay, is if its attitude is pointed the right way. Now, perhaps, perhaps we also, as believers situated in the heavenly realms, need to have an attitude that is not looking at the various controversies of the day, but rather is looking and being oriented and positioned, okay, by the author of all satellites, okay, Jesus, and into a position where we begin to see things as Jesus did. And isn't that interesting that he uses the word attitude? That our attitude is determined by what we look at. Whoa, whoa, this is the 60s. That's deep, man. That is really deep. Okay, but it's true. Our attitude, okay, is determined by what we look at. And we need to have an attitude that is in line and in position with Jesus. Now, not everybody in the believer has the same call, the same identity, the, the same things to do. Jesus is going to position you in different places. But he wants you to see things from his perspective, out of his righteousness, out of his love, out of his mercy, out of his truth. He's trying to create truth seekers who in the midst of this can be not, not echoes of what they're seeing on TV, but their voices with a mission into the situation to bring harmony and bring unity and bring things back into the way they're supposed to be. So that, that is what we are. We're, you guys are satellites for Jesus, okay? And you have been globally and spatially positioned where you are in your families and jobs, okay, to make an impact and perform like a satellite is supposed to. So quit looking over there. You're called to look over here. Amen? 
Okay, wow, that's, that's some crazy revelation. And why the heck am I looking up global satellite positioning? I don't know. I think that must have had to be God on that one. So, get this. Um, found, found another little nugget for you here. Um, Mike Bickle, who's the head of the International House of Prayer, he said this, okay, and it's along these same lines. We become in our heart, we become in our heart what we behold with our mind. You just look that. No, 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 no. We behold, excuse me, we become in our heart what we behold in our mind. So what we take in with our eye gate, what our eyes look at, right, what we take in there, what we take in with our ear gate, what we listen to, who we listen to, how it goes in, and what we take in as we read and absorb media. And the things that go in there, okay, they, they, they move around and they, they, we ponder things and we come up with certain conclusions. But those conclusions and who we are and who we become is determined, okay, by what we're looking at. Again, back to the satellite for a second. If you're looking at the right things and you're in the right place. If your attitude, okay, is as a citizen of heaven, okay, with an identity as a citizen of heaven, okay, and who's on a mission from God as a royal priesthood, it's amazing as believers what you can become. So this is like a calibration. This is a calibration point. And the the, the corresponding scripture is this. It's in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we, and you know this one, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord. So, the concept here, along the lines of what I was just saying, is that what we behold, we become. If we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, all of a sudden something starts to happen. There's a spiritual transaction, a vertical transaction, where we start becoming more like Jesus, okay? From glory to glory to glory until gradually, incrementally, day by day, week by week, year by year, we grow and that glory is manifest. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Amen? Okay. Now, conversely, okay, here we are. There's all sorts of things up here in the heavenly realms and the airways that are distracting, you know, our heart for God. And if we focus and take in and behold lust, greed, materialism, uh, uh, selfishness. I mean, you know, let's just, you know, let's just laundry list, okay? That's what starts to happen on the inside, and that's what we become. So there becomes this war on the inside, which, you know, let's face it, we live in the West, okay, we're not being persecuted and our heads aren't being cut off, okay, but we do struggle on the inside because there's nine gazillion, you know, distractions, hundreds of social media outlets, websites, um, entertainment things. There's so many things. That's the battle. That's the battle that we're in. Um, you know, that's the, one, the battle lines. That's where they're being drawn. It's right up here in our mind. So, again, getting back to this, um, this idea of that we are these, these satellites and we're aligned, that we're finally, we're in a position to be judges, to, be, to impact, okay, and answer the question, well, what's going down if we're in that place? Now, it's interesting because there, there's a group of people in this country who are charged with sort of making sure that things are are right in the area of currency. They're called treasury officers, okay? And it's interesting because how the treasury officers are able to discern, as we're supposed to discern, you know, spiritual things, is that these treasury officers, they don't study, you know, the latest techniques of counterfeiters at all. Now, and a lot of you maybe have heard this, but what they do is they study the real thing. They study the real dollar bill. They know. It's it's in their mind's eye. They're calibrated. They know what a $20 bill looks like. They know what a Benjamin looks like. They know know what everything looks like down to the nth degree. 
So it becomes this, this, this plumb line, this, um, uh, I don't know, the standard that when they see something that doesn't look right, okay, they have a discernment because they know the real deal. So my question to you is, according to Jesus, according to Christianity, what, what should things look like out there? Should they look like, you know, what you were seeing on the video? Well, this is what, this is what Jesus says. And it's actually, Paul said it, but it's inspired, so, so check this out. And he was 50 years old or 40 years old, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> For all of you who were baptized into Christ, you've closed, yourself, you've closed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. You know, just even as, as Corey was singing earlier, you know, uh, you know, oh Lord, let us be one. That, that the standard, the calibration, the perfect dollar bill, you know, for the way things are supposed to be here in Christendom and as believers is that there's a oneness that I don't look at you as rich or poor. I don't look at you as black or white. I don't look at you as old or young. Um, I don't come down on you because you're a millennial. Not that millennials get any grief. Excuse me for a second. Do millennials get a lot of grief? Is there a millennial here that's tired of having old people say, oh, these millennials, you know. Come on, I got, I got to give a shout out to the young people, the good young people that are here. Okay, so I, I, I digress in that. But, but, but really, the, you know, the church is this place where, where we are one. I remember, you know, one of the things, uh, there was this little discerning factor that was going on back in 1994 to 98 here in this church. Okay, where renewal is hitting, and people were saying, oh, this is so good, God is so good, and other people, voices you could trust in it is heresy, it is of the devil. You know, all these things are happening and this stuff is swirling and swirling around and you're, you're trying to get discernment and perspective. Okay, is this God or isn't it? And in this church alone, get this, we were like the flashpoint for a lot of this renewal that was going on. And in a matter of, um, I don't know, maybe six months, we lost 40% of our congregation because people are like, man, this is just out of control. But the good news is, is we gained about 60, 70%, okay, and then the church really started to grow because the Holy Spirit was moving in there. But a lot of us, we were struggling. We were struggling. Is this truth? Is this from God? Is it the devil? And, you know, the scriptures say that you will know, you will know a tree by its um, fruit. Thank you. Okay. So, so I, I was there, and I'm like, you know, I'm listening to these people, just as sometimes we listen to people on TV. Well, I know that guy's smart, and he's saying that, that, that Trump is colluding with the Russians. Or, you know, well, this guy over here, he, you know, he's, he's saying that, uh, that, that global warming is absolutely, without a question, happening here. We can't argue this. You know, the science is settled. So we have all these experts, and we're in the middle trying to figure out, you know, what's true and what's not. Well, in the midst of this, okay, one of the things that, that helped me seal the deal, in addition to what was going on, you know, on the inside of me and me examining the fruit that was being produced is when you went into a meeting, especially up in Toronto where this thing was sort of centered, one of the first things that happened is that, that there was this, this spirit of Jesus that was there and people would say, is there anybody here from, from the Methodist church? And somebody would stand and say, you know, the, you know, the power of John Wesley and what he did and his revivals are such a blessing to the body of Christ and we honor you and we welcome you here. Is there anybody here from the Catholic Church? And there would be some nuns, you know, in the background. It's like, you know, your understanding of the sacraments and, 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 and the traditions, okay, have brought such richness to the body. So, so we honor you and we thank you. And they went down and they would, they, would, they, they would create this environment, okay, of unity that things were going on. And again, you know, by the Spirit is how we judge things, okay? And my spirit's saying, yeah, you know, this is, <laughs> you know, this is what, what's happening. But here's the question right now. Okay, is, is what's going on out there, is, is this, you know, does this match, you know, the picture 
okay, of, of Jesus's, you know, we're all one, no slave, no free, no Greek, no, uh, no Jew. Does it match that? Okay, well, you're saying, well, hey, it's, you know, we're talking about, like, the country, America. We're not talking about the church because the things that are going on are happening in America. But, I, you know, I don't know if it's me, and I don't think I'm the first one to make this observation, but, you know, the foundation of our country, you know, was set up a little bit like the church. You know, what does it say? It says, um, we are all created equal, right? We're all created equal, okay? Um, and endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, which is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay? That's, that's the, 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 the concept the, uh, the behind the United States. And it's, uh, you know, just like Jesus said, for freedom you have been set free. And what, what's the motto of the United States? I think it's in Latin. It's, it's uh, e pluribus unum, which means no. Okay, I'm going to give you Latin students. Anybody went to Catholic school back in the day? E pluribus unum means... Out of many, one. Whoa, whoa, that is, that, that is the gold. Okay, that's the gold. So are we seeing out of many, one, right, happening up here? I don't want to jade your answer. Do you, are we seeing that? I think we're seeing the converse. We're seeing out of one, okay, many. That There's almost like a deconstructing, you know? And I don't want to get into the weeds and, and policies because that's, that's not the issue here. But the point is, as believers, we are called to not be ignorant. Okay, does anybody want to be ignorant here? Okay, well, don't be. Because God says, don't be ignorant of the devil's schemes. Now, we see lying, we see manipulation of news, we see fake news, we see um, accusations, we see all kinds of harsh treatment that is going on out there to different groups. Okay, we see that out there. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, what's really going on, it's a division, okay? So spiritually, I can discern, I think I can say here, and probably have agreement with most of you, that there is a real spirit of division, that the scheme, okay, of the, of the enemy right now, here in the United States of America, even in the body of Christ, is to divide, to divide, and to break up, you know, I don't know, relationships, things. Has anybody, let's say since the election, has anybody since the election, okay, lost, lost a, a friend or a relationship because you just have a differing point of view or you can't really see them as much or talk to them because you don't feel how they feel, okay? And it's just uncomfortable, so you drift away. That's division. God doesn't like that, okay? Worse yet, okay, perhaps the biggest travesty in all of this, I bet some of you have been defriended on Facebook. Tragedy. Well, you know, <laughs> that is what's happening. That's, you know, that's, that's what's going on. Um, you know, as I, as I was studying this, one of the names for Satan okay, is the accuser. Okay? It's called the accuser of the brethren. Okay? Uh, and his job is to prosecute us before God day and night. It's to prosecute us and to seek and kill and destroy us and break us down okay, as his accusations fly into our mind and we receive them. Oh, yeah, I do suck, man. I'm terrible. You're right. I'm, I'm whatever. So this is going on okay, in our mind from the accuser. But get this, and this is what really ties in, um, you know, the devil's strategy to what's going on. I looked up the word accuser in the Greek, okay, and the word was kategora, K-A-T-I-G-O-R-O-S, kategoros, okay? Um, say that. Okay, say it with a Greek accent. Kategoros, much better. So, so anyway, the category, you know what, that, you know what it, it sounds like an American or an English word, doesn't it? What, what would you say the word might be? category. So, so the accuser is not just the accuser here. Okay, ready for this? He's the categorizer. Okay? He's the one that out of one begins to categorize, begins to faction, begins to break down and label. Okay? 
Has anybody heard labels going on out there? Do you see a lot of labeling going on? Well, those with discerning minds in the mind of Christ say, well, that labeling is not of God. God does not label people as this or that or, or that. That's the work of the enemy. And we're, again, we're not ignorant of the devil's scheme. So we see the categorizer. Okay, he was also the accuser is at work in our nation. Okay, so, so how, does this, how does this play out? And this is kind of where we're going to end before we do our, our ministry. Is it, it plays out like this is that we have to be a people who can rise above you know, this situation and begin to process things through in such a way that we're not affected by the categorizer or the accuser, that we're seeing things from God's perspective. So um, here's another gem that I, I have to share with you, is that there's an observer of culture, and this is what he noted, noticed. He said, there is a growth of filter bubbles in this country in which people live in ideological cocoons that shut out discordant viewpoints. Okay, there's a trend toward people living in ideological cocoons that shut out discordant viewpoints. Now, now we're all believers, right? So we have our own little ideological cocoon. Okay, we believe in Jesus. We love being built up in Christ. We're called to be built up in Christ because it's the truth. Okay, but everybody has some other ideological things. And we're in a season where not only okay, are these, um, <laughs> these cocoons happening, but if you bring a discordant fact in there, it'll cut off a relationship, or people get demonized or demagogued. And that's the, you know, that's the problem with, with what's going on. So, you know, so what do we do? I mean, how do, how, do we, how do we deal with this? And, you know, the answer I thought, you know, I thought that I would have to, have to play out a couple of, of scenarios just real quick. Okay, and there's two. I want to pick two. Again, this, I don't want to be controversial, so I thought I would pick two issues of, of, of sort of processing and filtering things through our place in the heavenly realm. So I picked... Um, abortion and Muslims, okay, because it's not controversial. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm reading all, all things. If I bring Michigan in, we're in real trouble. So, uh, so anyways, here's 1991, okay, and um, God had gripped me. Um, I had just become a believer, and I, I didn't have an opinion, you know, on the issue of, abor- of abortion at all. I was like, well, you know, it's happening, this, that, whatever. But, um, as I started to, you know, come to church, I, I heard this scripture in Jeremiah where the Lord says to Jeremiah this. He says, you know, while you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I intimately knew who you were, and I had plans for you. So I'm like, okay. Um, I didn't really thought about that before. So God actually knows us when we're in our mother's womb. So maybe we're not just a piece of flesh or a fetus. Maybe we are alive. So, okay, I'm filtering that through. Then I hear, heard another story in the Bible. Okay? And this was from um, where, when Mary had just become pregnant okay, with Jesus, and she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And as soon as she walked into the room where Elizabeth was, all of a sudden, Elizabeth was carrying John the Baptist. And John the Baptist just leapt inside of her, and the Holy Spirit fell on Elizabeth. And she said, blessed are you among women, for you are carrying you know, you're carrying Jesus, basically, is what she said. And the, the, the Spirit fell, and they had a conversation. And if, if, if this was not a life that was in there, if, if the destiny of Jesus and the destiny of our, you know, who we serve and John the Baptist, if those weren't lives, I don't know. So I had to, you know, fil- my personal experience, I had to filter through that, okay? And like they see in the commercials now, you know, recalculate, you know, recalculate. You know, you have to recalculate. So that's what I did on that. Now, back to the Muslims, which everybody loves to hear about because it's just, you know, there's a lot happening. We know that we see terrorism, okay? We see things from Sharia law, honor killings, various things. We see that we're called infidels, and somehow there's this, this giant enmity. But yet here we are at the Veneer to Tuttle Crossing, right, where we run a food pantry where just yesterday 40 to 50% of our constituents, okay, happen to be Muslim. So 
here's this ideology that is absolutely stone cold against us, so how do we do? Well, here's my process. This is, this is what I do. I, I try to filter it. I try to go up into this place, into the, the heavenly realms, you know, as a believer on a mission, okay, as a satellite whose attitude is not what I want to do, but, you know, Lord, let your will be done. And uh, I read this. It says in Leviticus 19, the alien who resides with you shall be to you as a citizen among you. You shall love the alien as yourself. For you were aliens in the land of Egypt, and I am the Lord your God. So we're not called to tolerate the alien. We're not called to like the alien. We're called to love them, which means to serve them, which, which means to, to, to be Jesus to them. You know, and then again, Jesus said this, okay, in Matthew 5, uh, 43. You've heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you this day, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. So, I don't know. Recalculate. Recalculate. Filter it through. And to me, it's clear, you know, what, what needs to be done. Okay, I'm not going to bow my knee to Sharia. I'm not going to accept some um, form of Christianity called Chrislam where, where we blend, you know, two religions. No, we're not called to do that. We're called to love and we're called to honor. Okay? And that's, that's where we stand. And this is, a, this is a little, this is a volatile issue. It really is. Okay, but get this. I'm going I'm to kick up things a notch. Is it okay to kick it up a notch? What if, okay, because I am, okay, I'm going to talk about Michigan. I'm from Michigan. Okay, we got, to, we got a good, we got a minority here. I'm part of a minority group. That feels good. Um, so up, when, when people come into the big house at the University of Michigan, the Wolverines like to give them a little taste of the maize and blue. They want to make sure when people leave the big house, they got a little maize and blue on their helmets. They got, they got some little bone spurs from some hard hitting that, that, that there's an experience that they want you to have that is absolutely not pleasant. And, I, and I've been to the horseshoe, and I know it's also unpleasant there too, okay? okay but th- but that's, that's the way that people think. What if, okay, here's the radical kingdom thought, what if we took this attitude, okay, that this is God's house right here, okay? That this is Jesus' house. And if anybody's going to come in here, you know, be they Hindu, be they Buddhist, be they Muslim, they're going to get a little taste of Jesus. They're going to get a little taste of kingdom hospitality. They're going to get a little taste of Jesus' love. They're going to get respect and honor, you know, as women that they might not even get in their own place, okay? But they're going to feel and taste Jesus. The kingdom is going to come, and they're going to experience a healing when they're here. And all of a sudden, everything that they've been taught about the infidel and about how ungodly they are, it's going to create that cognitive dissonance on the inside. Well, this isn't just jibing. There's an incongruence here. Um, perhaps I need to recalculate. And we can pray and say, Lord, give them dreams that reveal Jesus. Give them dreams that reveal who you are. And Lord, let us minister in the power of your Holy Spirit to them. Now that is kicking the game up, and that's where we need to play from. Can I get an amen? amen. Wow, that was pretty good. All right. Now, you know, it's funny, I was, I was watching, um, watching the news, you know, and having my mind, um, you know, stirred over a little bit. Uh, my, my um, what would, be, would that be called? My, my Jesus satellite was being stirred a little bit to the right. Um, and uh, Mad Dog Mattis, okay, the uh, Secretary of Defense was on, and a very serious question was posed to him. And they said, uh, Mr. Secretary, what keeps you up at night worrying? And Mad Dog Mattis immediately looked, okay, at the commentator, and he says, nothing, nothing. I keep other people up at night. <laughs> now, just saying, as a radical kingdom thought, what if, okay, instead of having an attitude of fear and suspicion toward you know, Muslims coming in, what if 
because of the encounters members of the Hilliard Mosque were having, okay, we were keeping imams up at night. Oh, that's kind of a wild perspective. Jason, that's not very nice. Well, okay, I, I can recalculate that. But I thought that was kind of cool. So, here we are. Okay, we know there's a spirit of division. This is where we're going we're gonna to roll it home. Uh, we're going we're gonna to dock this cruise liner right now. Um, if we know, if we know that the enemy has a scheme to divide us, okay, and is working at trying to mess up relationships, what do we do? Well, the first rule of spiritual warfare is this, is you come in the opposite spirit. If they're trying to divide, what are we doing? We're reconciling. You know, we're reaching out. We're, we're, we're breaching things. We're preferring others over ourselves, okay? If they're accusing, if they're beating down, what do we do? No, we come, we come alongside and we encourage, okay? And that's, that's what we do. So, um, where's, where's the Corey Friend band? I know you guys have been on tour for a long time in Europe, but if you could, uh, if you guys could come up here, um, <laughs> we'll, we're, we're going to wrap it up. Well, I thought we would do something kind of unique here today. I mean, we've had missionaries. Uh, it's been an international day. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful day today. Um, I thought we'd do something wild in ministry that I don't know whether we've ever done, okay? So to give you a little hint, um, what I want to do is I'm going to be releasing you, okay, as we sing this song, I'm going to be releasing you to move about the sanctuary, okay, to come in the opposite spirit and to pull down this, this, this demonic stronghold of division, okay, that is here, okay? So how do we do that? Well, you know what we do is we, we reconcile, we bless, we encourage each other. We come together, like the, the scriptures say, that, that we come together in unity and pers- purpose. We're a family of God, you know? So if anybody has, has anything that's going on with a member in, of this body, of this family, where, you know what, yeah, things just haven't been right between us, um, let's, let's do a little damage here in the house of God, okay, to the enemy's division strategy. Okay, and let's just go to that person. When we start playing, I'm going to release you. Just go, give somebody a hug. Say, hey, I haven't, we haven't hung out in a long time. Let's get together. Or, you know what, um, how's your family? Can I pray for you? Uh, but let's, let's do something, okay? <laughs> let's not be spectators. Let's do something. And this is, this is really cool. You know, in Psalm 133, it says this. It says that, that God commands his blessing where brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It's like the, the, the oil that flows down Aaron's beard, which is a symbolizing of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Okay? And as we come together in unity, as we bless each other, as we love each other, that there is a place of commanded blessing, you know, from God, okay, that we can operate in, that God moves in. Um, and, and finally, I, I, I can testify to this, because this, this experience, I, I want this experience for you, you know, if there's any reconciling. Right before I left for India, um, I had an issue with a leader um, that I was uh, leading a home group with, and I just really didn't do well on it, okay, and I kind of let him down. And I was going to India, and being the courageous Christian I am, I knew that I had to get this thing right before I go to India and deal with all the demonic because I was giving the enemy a foothold in my heart. So during worship, I just went to this person and said, man, you know, I, I let you down. I wasn't there for you. I didn't support things, and I've, I've had a bad attitude. I just apologize. And then this person just said to me, well, I just didn't even see it that way, but, um, you know, and I go, well, listen, will you forgive me? And he said, well, he goes, yeah, of course I'll forgive you. He gave me a hug, and all of a sudden, I don't know, it was like a safe came off my back. I'm like, I mean, it wasn't peace, okay? It was peace on steroids. It was joy. I just started just running around here like, yes, yes. I literally was during worship running around like that and just, you know, pumping my fists and doing all sorts of things. God was moving, and it felt so good. There's something happens, you know. God loves it when his kids come together in unity. So if you have anything with anybody here, we're going to... Yeah. All right, so with no further ado, why don't you guys stand up? And Corey... Let's, um, let's sing that song, okay? 
about, about the breaking of the dividing walls. That, you know, we can't sometimes do, do things about what's going on up in the political realm, but in this house and in this body, in this metron of influence, we can certainly enter into a new place. Amen? All right. We will break dividing walls, break dividing walls, break dividing walls. In the name of your Son, we will break dividing walls, break dividing walls. We will be one. We will break dividing walls, break dividing walls, break dividing walls. In the name of your Son, we will.
Song of the Lamb. 
honor of the Lamb. 